Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 81, titled, The Lord's Love for Us and Through Us, Part 1. Our text today is 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 5. John writes this letter to encourage the believers in the faith and help them continue to grow so they will not be led astray. The Apostle tells us about God's love for us and what that love produces in us. So let's read our text and see what we can learn and know about the Lord and his work in and through us. This will be our base scripture text for today's study and our next study. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 5, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us his command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. 
Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, I want to begin today and take a look at how John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, describes God's love for us, tells us how we receive that love, and tells us what that love will produce in our lives as growing Christians. First, we see that John tells us that God's love for us is sacrificial. Verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. His love for us made him willing to sacrifice beyond all we can imagine by sending his one and only Son into the world. He gave up the glory of heaven to live in this sin-stained world and then submitted to a brutal death because of his love for us. Christ did more. He gave up more. He suffered more. He sacrificed more, all because he loves you. We understand love by our willingness to put someone else ahead of ourselves. God did that beyond measure for us. God's love for us is sacrificial beyond our imagination. But even more than his sacrifice for us, there is the astonishing fact that God's love for us is undeserved. Verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love for us is not returning some favor due us, we did not do anything nice for God that he is loving us in return. We did not love God first, so he is not now loving us. In fact, not only did we not do anything nice to God, nor did we love him, but we sinned against him, and we are in fact God's enemies, as Romans chapter 5 verse 10 tells us. We were by nature deserving of wrath, we are told in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. But Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 goes on to say, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. We were completely undeserving of God's love. We are unworthy. Now, this is vitally important for us to know, but to understand that we are completely unworthy of God's love, it is not the same thing as being worthless. Now, being unworthy and being worthless are not the same thing. There are many people in our society that struggle with feelings of worthlessness. Satan would like nothing better than for you to feel worthless. Maybe you are listening today and you have done some pretty awful things in your past, or maybe even in your recent past. Maybe you have had an adulterous relationship. Maybe you have been in prison and deserve to be there because of your actions. Maybe you have participated in an abortion in the past. Maybe you were raised in the church and turned your back on your parents, your upbringing, and even the church, the body of Christ. But beyond feeling undeserving of God's love or anyone's love, you feel completely worthless and have lost hope. 
not believe that lie of Satan. You are not worthless. You are not worthless because you were created with inherent value to God, because you bear his image. If you are listening today, you are not beyond hope. You are not worthless. You are unworthy or undeserving of God's love, like we all are, and in need of grace, but you are not worthless. If you remember the parable of the prodigal son, a man's son asked for his inheritance to go off on his own. Well, he was basically saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. I don't need you. I just want your money. Well, he went off on his own with his father's money and found out life was not what he thought, came to his senses, and came back to his father with a repentant heart. Let's refresh our memory with the text of what happened next. Luke chapter 15, verses 21 through 24. Verse 21. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. It's real important to note the son recognized his unworthiness, but the father determined his worth. God the Father has determined your worth. Now, I'm not particularly fond of antique auctions, but that doesn't make them worthless. What someone is willing to pay for them determines how much they are worth. Our Heavenly Father has made us of great worth by paying a price for us that is beyond imagination, and we did not deserve it in the least. That is the kind of love God has for you, sacrificial and undeserved. A favorite verse of mine is Romans chapter 5, verse 8, which reads, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, how is it that we can experience that love? John tells us that when we receive God's Son, we receive God's love. Let's take another look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. Verse 13. We know that we live in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. In his Gospel account, John tells us this in John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. 
I am certain that there are people listening today that need to experience the love of the Lord by receiving Jesus as Savior. My encouragement to you today is not to wait another moment before receiving God's love that he offers through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop here for today and pick it up next time as we continue in these verses, because John not only talks about God's love in these verses and how we receive and experience God's love, but he also talks about what God's love produces in us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the time you've given us today to study and learn from your word. Bless us with eager ears and a willing heart to apply what we've learned through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.